the Lions are good, the Patriots are bad, and the Bears are winning uh, short week road games. Someone check hell, because I bet they're breaking out the long underwear. Put your helmet back on. This is The Push-Off. Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, the autumn wind is a porn star. Right. <laughs> okay, Dan. Uh, I miss that one. Why is it a porn Jimmy star? Jimmy G. Jimmy G, baby. Yeah. He's a Raider. Raider Jimmy G winning shit he probably shouldn't at home. <laughs> looking good. Well, looking mm-hmm. moderate. Better than Jordan Love. <laughs> um, out, on, out on that strip. Yeah, congrats on the Monday night. We're going to hit all of the games on uh, week five and get you ready for week six, you guys. Um, spent more time in London. We got one more game in London um, before we bid uh, Cheerio to there. Nice. And we had a flu, uh, a flu, good guy, a, a slew, I was going to say, of trades uh, that happened leading into this week. There was one today, too. It's not a trade deadline yet. We got a few nope. more weeks before that, but uh, teams are like, oh, we're going to get going on this. So just to kind of get us caught up on here, the Patriots send J.C. Jackson, oh, no, they're getting J.C. Jackson yep. back from the Chargers who used to play for them. He left in free agency, got a big old contract, right? Oh, yeah, nice too much back money. To the Patriots, uh, he wasn't. He was like demanding not to play for the Chargers. Something he refused to go in. Um, so yeah. he he didn't start, and then he refused to go in. So they're like, "All right, fuck you, buddy." I'm surprised they didn't try to void parts of his contract for that. That's that's the most shocking part to me. Like they're eating a ton of dead cap on this. That's weird. Yeah. Um, Broncos trade Randy Gregory to the 49ers. Yeah, rumors of release. I mean, he didn't play in the game. It's not like they fucking needed him, Christ. But, um, yeah, he didn't play in the game, but I think that makes sense. I mean, um, if the Broncos are willing to absorb some of his salary cap, which they definitely were, it makes sense to guy, a guy like Randy Gregory who could be a situational pass rusher that could help you. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are uh, players that are getting moved because they weren't going to stick around where they were. Uh meaning also Bears sending Claypool. This happened all before the games last week, sending the wide receiver Claypool to the Dolphins. That yeah. one was uh, expected. We talked about how he was already getting pushed out the door. Bears much better without Chase Claypool, uh, as anybody's watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this that's another one. That actually makes the least amount of sense. Because I'm like, is Chase Claypool really going to help that Miami offense to, to do what? You know, what was it? It was like late-round draft pick trade things like the Dolphins aren't going to even take that much off for for bringing him in it's just it looks really bad for the young GM in Chicago oh yeah what real bad spin was uh, but we um, all made it all made sense you know Chase Claypool last year when that trade happened it was like 
yeah, it makes sense for a mid-second round pick. It didn't make sense for the 32nd overall pick to get a guy like Chase Claypool. That's the disappointment is how bad the Bears were in the second half of the season. That right. should have been like a 40-45 pick. It wound up being 32, and that's what makes it untenable. Yeah, it almost felt like they were signing him to get their 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 season going last year yeah. and he didn't even help this year and so yeah you you move on from him and then this trade another wide receiver one happened just uh today this is after the games on on the weekend the rams are getting um are sending excuse me van jefferson to the falcons makes sense i mean van jefferson is a nice veteran option for a very young Atlanta team. The wide receiver room was getting a little jammed there with the emergence of uh, Puka Nakua and the return of Cooper Cup, uh, both of whose names sound made up. Uh, they don't <laughs> sound like... It's Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Yeah. It's just a lot of alliteration there. A lot Look, of If you're not going to be a fan, don't have to come up with these names. Just don't tell... <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, Slucy the- Boots is the next one. Desmond Ritter gets another weapon of uh, Van Jefferson. A guy can kind of run out there and just get open. Yeah, and that's really like a young quarterback, which Desmond Ritter is, despite his actual age, is a young quarterback in the NFL. Uh, You do need a guy that just understands basic zones, understands getting open, uh, because you still have a guy like Drake London, who is a physical freak. You have guys like, um, you know, obviously uh, Bijan Robinson, who are, are tremendous talents, but you just need a guy that goes out there, does the job, runs the route, Um, and I think it's going to help, you know, a check valve, a safety valve, because right now Pitts is not acting as a safety valve. You know, Pitts is acting as like a slot receiver, so a guy like Van Jefferson could be very helpful there. That's a good point. Yeah, that could work out for him. Um, and then let's just end it on the uh, the bummer news here before we hit the the games. Dick Buckus passing. Dick Buckus, um, a f- huge name in the uh, past of the NFL. Um, he predates us, obviously, um, <laughs> as far as his playing days, yeah. but we knew of him for the NFL, you know, marched him out there as even a, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost a mascot. Oh yeah. <laughs> the I mean, NFL for a while. He exuded tough guy, Chicago football. Like when they talk about the monsters of the midway, they're talking about Dick yeah. Butkus. There are certain guys that we regard as like, um, you know, the old guard, but those are generally guys whose careers overlapped our lives, but not our fandom. You know, the, yeah. like we think of guys like Dan Marino, who, I'm sure we saw play technically, but like, you know, that was old head Dan Marino. You know, John Elway, we watched him win a Super Bowl as a fucking veteran. Um, even guys like Joe Montana. A guy like Dick Butkus stopped playing uh, in 1973. He stopped playing Damn. 10 years before you were born. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. this is <laughs> this is an old, old NFL player. 6'3", 245, could probably have played today. That's yeah. how good of a player he was during his time. Just an absolute fucking monster. Went to the University of Illinois, was drafted by the Bears. Just a true born-and-bred Chicago motherfucker. Um, yeah. Died in Malibu, uh, as as is the dream of all <laughs> born-and-bred Chicago motherfuckers, to die in Malibu at 80. Why, yeah, why, why spend your... Uh... Your twilight years in Chicago, come on. Yeah, so you um, die in Chicago in the summer, that's fine. You die in Chicago winters, falls, come on, just go to Malibu, you're fine. Yeah, and and the Bears, uh, you know, uh, losing this uh, titan of their uh, franchise. You could tell this week he was he was looking down on him because the Bears had themselves a pretty good week in in the NFL. Not so much uh, not so much you or I, but the Bears did. So good, congrats to them. They did. Um, oh, Dick Buckus, we, also famously. 
Huge yeah. dickhead. Oh, is that right? Huge <laughs> dickhead. But like the best kind of dickhead. Um, like a Ty Cobb level asshole. Ah, uh, sure. Um, there's an old expression by Todd Cobb. It, it ain't bragging if you done it. Which is the sort of level that Dick Butkus was at, where it's like, it ain't bragging if you've done it. I, I've fucked people up. He's like, I am a deadly motherfucker, and you did not run over the middle when Dick Butkus was there. So It was a different generation. It was a different, yeah. Yeah. Almost, probably a lot of that, yeah. Almost every hit Dick Butkus made during his career would now be a 15-yard penalty. Right, yeah. A lot of extra uh, forearms, a lot of extending out, yeah. Yeah, a little, little extra juice on every hit. Um, so let's get into the games. Let's get into all the games of the week. This was week. Uh, this was the first week of bye weeks. We had four teams who did not play this week. That was the Buccaneers, Browns, Chargers, and Seahawks. Uh, we'll talk about their games and who they line up with this week. But game of the week this week. Um, I started with uh one that uh, you know what? It was a it was a black and blue hit 'em up uh, defensive struggle one that we expect from these two teams i'm talking Ravens steelers oh i thought you were gonna say new orleans new england <laughs> yeah oh god um there's a two minute no offense for a reason <laughs> that's why but we put it there Ravens steelers had a wonderful ending had a had a nice uh well it was a slow slog of a game um ravens had the 10-3 start to this one um the Steelers had a bunch of field goals until the very end. But, uh, yeah, it leads with that uh, blocked punt early in the fourth quarter that results in a safety to make it 10-5. Um, Ravens still have the lead at that point. But then um, Jackson, or they they get the, another field goal later due to the Steelers. Jackson has a chance of putting this thing further out of reach when he throws that interception to Porter in the end zone with about four minutes left. It's 10-8 at that point. And it was picket to pickens from 41 out to go ahead after that. So a lot of this was was waiting to see who could get going at the end, and it was the Steelers. Bing, bang, boom. The Steelers took the lead. And uh, ends with that strip sack by Highsmith. The craziest thing for me was the fact that this should not have been a close game. There were well, yeah. seven drops by the Baltimore Ravens. And of the seven drops... Five of them were like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you're a professional Touchdowns athlete. You and... cannot be doing that. Like, five of those drops. So, if you look at Lamar's stat line, it doesn't look fantastic in terms of his passing numbers. If you even get half of those passes back, I don't even care which ones. You pick whatever. They probably win this game by two touchdowns. Their their offense was actually directly suited to mitigate the productivity of the Pittsburgh defense. And the Pittsburgh offense is still fucking junk. You <laughs> sent me something. It's the commonly seen thing of like Matt Canada not being glad that they called an audible to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and the Matt Canada hatred uh, on a three and two Steelers team is palpable. Oh, oh yeah, my God, this, everybody. I don't get. It. Everybody hates this guy so much. Uh, is this his first year code? No plays. No, Matt Canada has been calling him. I want to say three years. Basically, oh, the entirety. So they're of, just tired of it, are they? Yeah, I mean, he's just the entirety of Kenny Pickett's career. I want to say he has been the offensive coordinator. Um, well, that just started last year. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty one. So he's okay. been uh, since twenty twenty one. He's been the offensive coordinator. He was the quarterbacks coach for a year before that. Wow. Um, okay. This was not during the heyday of Pittsburgh quarterback play, by the way. So Matt Canada has just been regaled 
with complaints uh, for the last two years that like you've got all this talent. You got Deontay Johnson, you got Pickens, you've got uh, Najee Harris, you've got you've got first round talents, you've got first round picks or first round talents on your team, and you can't score fucking fourteen points on offense. Holy shit, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, that, that long touchdown that Pickett threw up to Pickens. I mean, in man coverage there was the perfect audible, if it was an audible. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that sucks, and Canada's can't even be happy for it or whatever. That's the video of him in the in the booth watching it. Um, also, from this one, you're right, the Ravens, we can't let them go on this, that those drops were were horrible. And I think that's that's the, the giveaway in this one is a road loss to a Steelers team that – for whatever reason, there's a hex or something when the Ravens go in there. Uh, Roquan Smith, as somebody, something he said since being traded to the Ravens, is he's like, "You're not. I don't feel like I'm a true Raven until I beat the Steelers." Correct. Well, he still hasn't beaten the Steelers, so yeah, it's tough. It is not an easy thing, even on an off year for even with the Ravens looking like a better team than the Steelers. Yeah, we picked them to win this, and they didn't. T.J. Watt is tremendous. You hear he had a uh, suffered a badly dislocated finger, tore multiple ligaments in it, stayed in the game. Says he's not going to miss any time. I mean, they have a bye week. Pittsburgh Steelers bye week week six. I tell you that. But uh, yeah, T.J. T. Watt's like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. what you you really Popped need it all back those in fingers? Place. You know, <laughs> fuck. What do you need all those fingers for? Damn. Yeah. Not playing yeah. the piano. You know, fucking get in there. Do you think? He's a scary, scary monster. Um, reigning defensive player of the year. Deserves it. I, the guy is just fucking dynamite. I mean, you watch the game, and the, the Pittsburgh defense is still, once again, we talk about this, like the Chicago Bears always usually have good defensive players. The Pittsburgh Steelers always have fucking great linebackers. Him and Highsmith are also excellent. Yeah. Um, so that Pittsburgh front seven, really, really effective. But I think the Ravens, when they catch the fucking ball, are actually designed to give the fucking Steelers a ton of trouble. They still regard themselves as the number one and number two. They don't even really think about the Bengals right now. You know, this is still, in their minds, Steelers-Ravens country. And I, you know, <sighs> that's changing. And I, I mean, again, we're talking that the AFC North could be anybody. Could be anybody at this point. We're even the five Browns. Weeks in. Oh, yeah. Browns' defense is not a uh, slouch either. I mean, they're coming off their... Yeah, we'll see. Coming off we'll my see week. whatever, but yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about uh, we had a big contract uh, extension this week, and that was um, Jonathan Taylor getting three years, forty-two million to come back play. Come come back play, Jonathan Taylor, and he did for this game uh, where the Colts beat the Titans sixteen to twenty-three. Not so much was it Jonathan Taylor that nope. led to this Colts uh, victory, nor did it unfortunately was it Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson knocked out of his third game in his short career already. Yeah. This isn't. I mean, he he plays recklessly, the guy. But uh, this one was a shoulder injury that became what we now know a grade. Help me out, Dan. This is a grade three AC joint sprain. What mm-hmm. is this? So basically, he fucked up his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> you know, yes. Like, how bad? You know, how there's. Bad? So um, it's going to take like four weeks. So that's the main issue is when you you fuck up Did your AC IR joint. Hmm? They haven't yet, right? They didn't IR him or anything. No, right? no, no. They, they want to see if he can kind of run through it. Uh, so it's the acromioclavicular joint, 
which is basically right by the clavicle. You know, it's I was right expecting over. you to make this easier for us to understand. <laughs> so, well, so when you think about the rotator cuff, okay. right? So the rotator cuff, it's basically where the two shoulders meet. A rotator Oof. cuff is where you get a ton of rotation and you get a lot of force. So if you fuck up your rotator cuff, it's really bad. The AC joint basically means you have pain every time you can throw, but you're probably going to be able to zip that motherfucker in there. Um, okay. So yeah, this I, is his throwing shoulder. Yeah, not going to be uh, a huge long-term issue to have an AC joint sprain. It'd be more of an issue for a rotator cuff strain. Um, so if you're going to have a shoulder injury, this is the one to have if you're a quarterback. Um, but yeah, he uh, so Gardner Minshew steps in. Arguably, now he's making an argument for best backup QB in the league. Um, and with Jonathan Taylor got you know six carries in this, he's still getting a pitch count, or oh, so yeah. they say. Um, it was Zach Moss's game, and I know nobody cares about anyone else's fantasy league, but I cut Zach Moss thinking I'm playing the smart time <laughs> a week ahead. Send him to free agency so I can uh, you know, use that spot. And, oh, boy, I was like, that's not a great idea. So Zach Moss had 100 and, what was it, 95 total yards and two touchdowns from scrimmage. Um, both teams had three field goals from their kickers. The Nick Folk trade. I don't know what the Patriots Great. are doing. That was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know he's only got so many years left, but the kickers can ring them out there for a while. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the Patriots, low-key, going for that number one overall pick. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Let's check. Yeah, you know? He's like, I'm tired of this. Let's let Mac Jones <laughs> swing into as many crashes as he wants. Yeah, Mac um, Jones sucks. Get him out of here. Give me back Caleb and forth, This was mostly Colts and Titans trying to catch up with them. Six ten Colts at the half. Colts um, hold them off here, and you know they're the only ones scoring in the fourth quarter to win this game. Yeah, this is a this is a decent indie team, right? We talk about it's a decent defense. Um, A guy like Gardner Minshew, I know it doesn't seem like he's comparable to a guy like Anthony Richardson, but he kind of is. You know, he's gonna scramble, he's gonna make moves in the pocket, he's gonna make wild fucking throws. yeah, I think he's probably the best option you would have as a backup quarterback right now in the NFL. He's got a ton of game experience. He's, you know, you can't look at Gardner Minshew and Anthony and Anthony Richardson in the same room and go, I want Gardner Minshew to be my future, you know? Right. I want this no. long-haired, weird white guy to beat this uh, Adonis that I have here that throws the ball fucking right over these goddamn Rico Mountains. You... It, strangely, you have, you know, Uncle Rico and Anthony Richardson. Um <laughs> But I think Gardner Minshew is in a great spot, especially with guys like Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, a really, really steady run game that you're not losing a ton from Jonathan Taylor to Zach Moss. You know, that's I also if, feel like he hasn't shown the, that. The team likes uh, Minshew. Like, he went out there, he's, he's dapping everybody up when uh, he comes out, and it's like, I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, we just won with this guy in Baltimore. We can oh, yeah. do this kind of thing. And, and they feel the confidence there. So, yeah, it works out well for, for the Colts. And then the Titans... Yeah, this weird up and down. Um, they couldn't get um, every other week Henry going, and it just yeah didn't didn't look good for them in this game. So I I was confident in our pick for the Colts. We both took the Colts in that game. We both got it right. Um, and then, like I said, there's only one more game in uh, Tottenham this week, and we'll start with next week's games. That is the. Uh, Ravens at Titans game. This starts 8.30 a.m. our time in Central Standard. Uh, kicks it off. We will have more morning games. Don't worry if you're somebody that likes to wake up with your uh, um, your bacon and eggs and football. 
It's how you get used to it, kind of, honestly. And this is our third week in a row. Uh, but it comes back for week nine and ten. I think those are the Germany games, if I'm correct. Ah, uh, yes. And those are like 8.30 starts for us as well. So those are ones to look forward to. But this is the last one for a bit. So it should be um, the early games. Grab your finish, your breakfast schnitzel. <laughs> get get yourself ready. This is still... Uh, you know, just across the pond. Um, Ravens, Bibbidi Titans. Bobbidi. Dan, you are still picking first. Who do you like? Um, I am going to have to go with the Ravens. I imagine that entire ride home was uh, was just Lamar being like, ah, oh, man, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Here, have a, have a fucking, like, Reese's Pieces. And he throws it to a guy, and the guy catches it, and he goes, oh, so you can catch. <laughs> oh, so you can Oh, so it's just that you don't want to. I imagine it was a very passive-aggressive fucking flight home. That's just how I imagine Lamar handling this. So I imagine the entire flight to England is going to be more of the same, where it's just like, hey, guys, if we catch the fucking ball, we might be able to win this thing. And I also think the Ravens are a better team. I like their defense. I like the matchup. The Ravens can defend the run. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for them to get you know shit back together, uh, win this thing on the road. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I like the Ravens too. I think they're a much better team. The Titans are are kind of uh, floundering there a little bit. They they don't really know what kind of team they are, and like we said, we're not stringing together a lot of good games. So why don't you you know go out of the country and play a game all the way? Uh, you know it does. There's no home field advantage there, or nothing yeah. like that. Both teams are going over there, uh, and as we found out last week, this is a little segue into the next game. It it kind of matters. Sometimes mm-hmm. it matters what's going on in London and who can play out there and who knows how to play out there. Uh, uh, Jaguars 25 bills, 20 you and me were picking the bills. We thought they're a much better team. They're going to take care of this. They had the opportunity to do so. They had a good game from Josh Allen who had over 350 yards passing two touchdowns, ran one and he did have another bad interception. You know, you take the good with the bad with Josh Allen. Yep. Um, Diggs. Davis, both over 100 yards. Bills defense, five touchdowns. But Jaguars were, I mean, they were in the lead most of this game. Bills playing catch-up, really. Uh, 11-7 Jaguars at the half. 18-13 Jags late fourth quarter was about as close as it got until um, the Bills getting the ball back there with like 22 seconds left to try to make a, a last-second comeback. But they, they fumble on that lateral um, even that, I don't know if it would have happened. This team, no. what we, I guess I should have thought Jaguars there for a week, fresh and ready to go. That's a bigger home field advantage than just, you know, than we, than we gave them credit for. Well, I mean, the Jaguars have played in England more than anybody. They eventually want the Jaguars to move to fucking England. It's pretty clear. Um, yeah, you know, and Trevor Lawrence is considered English good looking. Because uh, he looks like a fucking Habsburg. This fucking. is a good argument to have the Jaguars move out there for good. I mean, immediately you're like, we could probably string at least six. You know, almost all of our home games are are big on us. Like, oh sure, it's hard to get out there and and play them, and you wouldn't be used to it. And the the Bills try to do something weird and going out there on a Thursday, staying up all night, trying to acclimate themselves to the to the time and it it didn't work. Yeah, like, I don't know they, why they didn't head out earlier. They got I thought they got in on like Friday. Like I don't know. You know, everybody picks a different way. Yeah, but you know, I think the Bills will be rethinking it cuz they definitely came out flat 
I mean, they were not super great in the in the first half, and it, they did start to get a little bit rolling in the fourth quarter when it became a talent thing. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville had a great plan for them coming out. The Bills did not seem to have as good of a plan, um, did not seem, to your point, as rested. But this is exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars need. I mean, in the AFC South, you got to win games like this. They're 3-2. and two. They've got to fucking, I mean, they might wind up winning this fucking division. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, big on the Jaguars, couple of, uh, big wins strung together now. Um, tough on the bills where you could almost survive this, but not only do you lay on that it's a home game, weird way, I know. but also that you got, um, at Milano. Ooh, yes. And, uh, Jones, is it Deacon Jones? No, it's not Deacon Jones. <laughs> it's D Jones. I wrote down, I'm trying to remember his first name. Both are needing surgery. Both will be done now for the season. Huge players uh, for their team uh, on top of the injury that already had Tredavious White out. Uh, that, that, these guys are hearts of their defense, so, and it, it's going to be a big problem. The good news is you do – you mean Kingsley Jonathan? No, I have down Jones got hurt. I'm going to look up there. Jones. Go ahead and keep uh, – um, But I, I personally think – I mean, this was a great game to watch A.J. Epinesa kind of go crazy. Um, when you watch this thing defensively, Epinesa was all over the fucking board, and Von Miller's not even healthy yet. So if you do get to a point where you have Ed Oliver, with the exception of like one weird offsides that kind of cost them, Ed Oliver played a great game, A.J. Epinesa and Von Miller on the edges, you might be able to mitigate the loss of Matt Milano. Uh, still one of the better linebackers in the NFL, but they do have talent there. You know, there is the ability to play defense there in Buffalo, um, it just kind of sucks. I mean, it's got to be a little deflating for the team to come off that huge win against Miami in division and then go lose a quote-unquote home game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. But, you know, they didn't lose anybody offensively, and that's what's big. Yes. Yeah, the Bills can bounce back from that. I mean, piling up injuries is going to be a big thing, and that's a big thing for the Bills it's kind of what led to their exit in the playoffs last year. Josh Allen playing with an injury, things like that. So it's just who's healthy at the end of the year. But these guys, I don't think they come, they get back. Um, Got a chance as long as Josh Allen stays upright. That's that's really right. the thing that matters the most. Yeah, and enough weapons for him. I, I agree there. Um, the Jaguars, though, big win for them. And then what this leads us to is, surprisingly, the battle for the AFC South. Uh, the top of the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts have a chance to take over first place all alone if they can go into Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars. Dan, you shaking your head no? No? No. We don't go into <laughs> Jacksonville and win. This is what happens to the Colts. They do not go yeah. into Jacksonville and win this shit. So I just can't believe in the Colts team going to Jacksonville and winning this fucking thing. They're riding high. Calvin Ridley looks fucking fantastic and Travis Etienne also looks really good it looks like there's finally pieces around Trevor Lawrence it looks like there's finally pieces offensively uh, for this Jacksonville team I think they're going to be pretty good for the rest of the year and the Colts just don't win in Jacksonville so I'm gonna take these fucking Jaguars yeah no the Jaguars again I still think they're the better team they're at home take care of this coming back uh, um, from across the pond and you should be able to accumulate yourself back to Duval County as well you do. But now um, they say Duval. Yeah, du- uh, Duval. Um, so I like your Jaguars too to take over the South. Um, 
you know, because we, we, me and Dan got got to cheer for something this year. So uh, that's true. Jaguars knew. Wow. Unfortunately, Dan, we're at that moment because I'm talking about how how bummer it was. Um, the lineup of the games, and uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not trying to pile it on, but let's talk about this before the break. Cowboys ten, 49ers, forty two. Um, we said this could be a two minute no offense, so we don't have to take a lot of time with it. But it was a it, it was a big game for the NFC, obviously, as we were walking into it. Right away, this game was over. Oh um, no! Yeah, it was really really quick. So the 49ers come out and score a 10 play touchdown to start the game, and I was like, "Oh no, our defense can't stop them." And then we have a three and out, and I was like, "Oh no, our offense can't score on them." And Dak had a fucking terrible overthrow to Luke Schoonmaker, uh, where I was like, oh, man, you've got the fucking perfect plays right in space, and then he just fucking overthrows him. And that was sort of what happened all night. Like, Dak really couldn't get his feet settled. He couldn't, you know, find his targets. Um, when I, I kind of threw my hands up in the first quarter when uh, there was a fucking fumble uh, on the first play, I was like, okay, we're backed up. We're on the fucking, you know... We're right in the our fucking Dallas five, yeah. and we have a nice little run to Tony Pollard, and Fred Warner just pops that shit out, and they recover. I'm like, God damn it! And then we recover a Christian McCaffrey fumble, and we don't fucking do anything with it. And there winds up being a tremendous pass to George Kittle. Uh, we finally put together a nice drive, and I think I texted you, "Hey, there's a little life." Um, and that was it. And that was it for the rest of the game. And uh, for the rest <laughs> of the game, we just got fucking bullied. Uh, the whole way through, our defense got run down. Um, we couldn't stop anybody. We couldn't stop Ayuk. We couldn't stop Kittle. We couldn't stop McCaffrey. Um, we did not look good. We looked really bad, but the 49ers also looked fucking great. Um, yeah. They just they kicked the shit out of us. We had no answer for anything they were doing. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are a bad team, right? I don't think they're a bad team. But I think they're probably a 10-win team, and I think the 49ers are probably a 16-win team. That's the wild thing I think, yeah, you're talking about here is the the Cowboys are taking care of of other teams pretty handily, so it's not like they're sneaking ones. I mean, you you got to go back and look Bad at the teams, teams that they – I was going to say, the teams that they beat – Aren't uh, aren't great teams, but you're beating them handily. You're not playing around with them, nothing, sure. stuff like that. Um, to see the way that this one folded out, to be like, oh my god, like where's the uh, Achilles heel of the 49ers? Where's the negative? Where's the weak spot of this team right now? When I thought it was Brock Purdy who threw four touchdowns in that in that night, and. He, I mean, they had very nice setup, little bootlegs and stuff for him and things like that. He still looks like a small guy back there. Oh, sure. But just like whether he's got his feet set or just flinging it while he's jumping through the air, the passes are crisp. They're on target. Uh, he's not giving it any place for these defenders to, to jump in there and, and knock it away. I mean, and everybody's open. Everybody, I mean – we already knew how good Shanahan was as a coach. He's had the years now where he's put together this team with all of these weapons on offense and all of this pass rushing and scary guys on defense that I don't know, man. I mean, you look at the 49ers and I don't, I don't see a weak spot. (sighs) No, uh, we certainly fucking didn't. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't, we could not get anything done against that team. They are just, 
complete. They have a good offensive line. They have a great defensive line. They have excellent linebackers. If anything, I think their weakness is probably their perimeter corner play. You know, okay. but their perimeter corner play. They didn't require you to stay in coverage for very long because the fucking right. front seven's getting rushed every time. Yeah, good luck into him when you got Nick Bosa breathing down your neck. Yeah, yeah. So I I think their weaknesses are covered by scheme. Um, so even if Brock Purdy isn't the best quarterback in the world, this scheme really puts him in the best possible positions uh, to succeed every play. And so yeah, I think they're just fucking great. I would be very intrigued as to what team eventually does uh, upset them. What team actually can fuck them up. Um, the Cowboys actually had a couple moments early where I thought we could do it, and then J. Ron Kirsch just having the most bonehead fucking game of his life uh, <laughs> had like three or four huge penalties that kept those drives going and just wore us down. So, Shoot. you know, you you have that. to play tight against these Niners. They are a good team that plays within scheme, within their abilities. Yeah, you just you can't have a loose day. Yep, yeah, this one was rough. This one uh, kept getting worse too, and then... Uh, yeah, where where will it? Uh, who who will stop these 49ers from from running away with it? Will it just be, be injury uh, uh, again that 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 can derail them? Probably. Um, you texted me early in this one, and and I agreed with you. One of the best uh, div, uh, jersey matchups you yes. can have. It, it, it's a it's a um, nostalgia overflow because it reminds us of those 90s games that we were growing up and where the NFL was just uh, brand new and, and shiny in our eyes. It's a classic uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Emmett Smith. Yeah, they love those. Um, and it leads us to, I, I took a peek on the Gridiron Uniform database of what's to come for this week, and we got some fun ones to come. <laughs> Speaking of, 49ers Browns, the Browns are going back to those all-white uh, classic-look ones with the white helmet. We like those a lot. Uh and the Niners are going to Cleveland to play them this week. That is a noon start, so Niners have to start early here. What do you we think um, possibly to happen when it becomes the uh, when the Forty Niners are playing the Browns in Cleveland? Who do you think, Dan? Uh, it's Forty Niners. I mean, they just are wrecking people right now, and I I have to think that will continue. Um, yeah, we just spent all this time talking about will the Niners ever lose. Uh, the Browns are coming off a bye week. They're at home. This defense is very good. Maybe they can give Brock Purdy a bad day. Um, can anyone? But um, until I see it, you got to go with the Niners. It's the smart pick. So I'm with you on that. I'm picking the Niners. And then, Dan, your Cowboys are wearing their alternates. This is the one with the uh, the stars on the shoulder, the white helmets, as you guys go to L.A. for Monday Night Football playing the uh, Chargers on Monday night. Um, I still ask you, even though I know the answer to this question, but you got to pick it. Who's you gonna who gonna win? Uh, I think we are gonna we're gonna see a Cowboys win. Obviously, I'm I don't pick against the Cowboys, <laughs> but this is gonna be a very interesting game for Kellen Moore. Um, very oh, yeah. interesting game because I I know that Dan Quinn watched Kellen Moore like a hawk, but I know Kellen Moore watched Dan Quinn too, and this is not the best version of a Dan Quinn defense. So I think it's going to be a real interesting matchup. We've got to be able to get pressure. We've got to free up Micah to get pressure because the 49ers held him in fucking check. So as long as we can get some pressure, get Herbert moving off, you know, moving off his spot, you know, make him make some bad plays, but I'm going to, I got to go with the Cowboys always. 
Um, this is a good game. I think there's a handful of one-sided looking games and then a handful of, yeah, both these teams are pretty even ones. And this is one of those even ones, I think. So Monday Night Football, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I think the Cowboys have a little bit of bounce back. Usually when they have a bad one, they have a good one after it. And I think the Chargers, sometimes when they're in a spot to to take over a game, make a bonehead choice. So I think that's what's going to happen here uh, in primetime. And Cowboys will take this one. So I'm picking your Cowboys too in a tight one. It worries me that the Chargers are coming off a bye for this. It feels unfair. Yeah. Um, we could jump into uh, the hell that was my game right right now too, but instead let's take a break because that, that just took a lot out of us. And so when we venom. return, let's push through all of those games that weren't worth our time. Let's talk about all the other maybe fun uh, uniform matchups we'll have for week six and all the other fun we're going to have. You guys, thanks so much for joining us this week on the Push Off. <laughs> It is the two minutes. No offense. Because no offense. Maybe if you have the worst loss of your career uh, the week before, you should not try to have the second worst loss of your career the <laughs> no. next week. You're supposed to try to get better, Bill. I, I think he's. I think he's losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of games pretty easy to pick in here, and then I I, I shoved another one in here. Um, at the end, sorry for our Bears fans. But, Dan, start the clock, and I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, Bears 40, Commanders 20. Look, I know it's your first win in 347 days, oh. but uh, to to not only win, but win on a short week on the road and get push your team, uh, the other team in the two-minute no offense, congrats, Bears. Yeah, I mean, they Justin Fields was fucking on one. DJ Moore was fucking on one, <laughs> filled with the... Dickhead spirit of Dick Butkus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam Howell looked good. I mean, they just yeah. could not get a run game going there in Washington. Holy shit. They have no run game. It's really bad. Um, but, yeah, Bears didn't look terrible. Uh, let the curse of Chase Claypool be gone. Yeah, this was what the Bears did to the Broncos for three-four Suffolk game. They put it together for a full one, so congrats, Bears. Uh, Saints, 34. Patriots, nothing. I... I picked the Patriots. I thought at least show up. Good the God. Fuck happened? What the fuck happened? Uh, Zappy finished this game. Mac Jones, two interceptions, car two touchdowns. Are the Saints really that good? They can't. Uh, no, I think the Saints are fine. I think the Patriots are just fucking bad. I think they're, really, they're one and really four bad. and they look it. Yes, yes, they do. Um, Panthers, 24. Lions, 42. Woo! I mean, Panthers are bad, but Lions, whoa. Yeah, I look at this 0-5 Lions, and then I realize they don't have a first-round pick next year, and I feel for the career of Bryce Young. 
It yeah. it worries me. I'm like, this fucking team needs talent bad, and they just can't get it. And I don't know if free agents are going to want to sign here. So that's the thing that worries me. I worry for the future of the Carolina Panthers. I ain't worried about the future of the Lions. She looks good in there. You trade away your early, yeah, your first rounders for the future year. You got to expect you're gonna not need it, not desperately need back. it. So that one, that one hurts. And then Goff going up big, Montgomery, Laporta, mm-hmm. the rookie tight end, Hutchinson looks those. awesome. Yeah, give it up for those Lions. Ooh, and then Giants. finally, yeah, well, I'm gonna throw in Giants and Dolphins. Giants 16, Dolphins 31. We knew this one was heading here, so it's here. Yeah, Giants bad, Dolphins good. Uh, we're good. Yeah. The only concern I have is uh, Devon A. Chain uh, injured his knee. Uh, fucking huge first three games of his career, and then, you know, they're putting him away like the Ferrari that he is. Back to the shop yeah. he goes. Yeah, I think Dolphins have some speed. I think they're going to be okay, but, yeah, that one yeah, works because he's been a lot of fun to watch run by everybody. Whew. All right. Um, that was your two-minute no offense. We can talk about some games for next week. Since we kind of want to talk about them Dolphins, let's talk about them Dolphins. Panthers at Dolphins. Uh, you said it, uh, Devon, uh, HN, knee injury. He's going to sideline him for, quote, multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an IR for him yet either, so it's not guaranteed for, but it's not one. <laughs> no, they need Jeff Wilson uh, to come back. I don't know when Jeff Wilson comes back. Um, technically is allowed to come off IR now, but he hasn't yet, I guess. So it might be a lot of Mostert. Um, yeah, a ton of Mostert here. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I are, is anybody picking the fucking Panthers in this game? Like, I, I just don't get it. I mean, the, like, like we said, Panthers don't look good. The Dolphins look pretty fucking good. I can't see taking the Panthers. I see the Panthers starting 0-6. The Bears might have the number one overall pick, and it's not even their pick. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess... I mean, I'm trying to think of it. It's not unheard of for a team to trade away your first overall pick to move up somewhere and and get a better first-round pick for that year. But if you're trading away your future one, the one that you're getting back, uh, you know, that you get the following year, then you probably have a team that you're not expecting for that pick to be, you know, top 10, let alone top 5, let alone the the very first one. Um, Dan, let's just because let's let's look ahead. When do the Panthers get this first win of the season? If they're not here in the Dolphins, the following week the Texans come to town. Who are really good. <laughs> the Texans, yeah. Sorry, not it's, really this good. This is the but matchup. Are, but are fine. This is that rookie matchup of QBs, too. So that won't look good for uh, Young, how he looks. This is also, too, uh, a look into it. Uh, Frank Reich in a presser um, this week explaining that the owner, Tepper, is very well engaged in the decision-making of this team. And I don't know if Tepper... I mean, you've got an owner that's very well engaged in decision-making. Sometimes it works. Sometimes they're football minds. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, it is, quote, an open secret in the NFL that Tepper heavily influenced the decision for the QB choice of well, then Bryce he, Young. Here's the thing. I, I don't hate Bryce Young. I don't hate him. We didn't give him a top five grade, but I don't hate mm-hmm. the guy. He, we gave him a first round grade. We gave him a late first round grade. I don't think you trade your fucking future for a guy like this. You know, I mean, this is you're looking at a team that has a ton of holes. You're asking where that first win comes from. Houston's your best bet because you get it at home after a bye week. If you don't beat Houston, you have the Colts maybe when you go to the Bears, but you know the Bears are trying to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> the Bears have got everything. It's a uh, double to win up by win winning. for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You double double. 
Uh, you got the Cowboys, who better not fucking lose to the Panthers. Then you go to Tennessee, to Tampa Bay, to New Orleans. You got three road games at the end. And then the Falcons, who may be fighting for a playoff spot. The Packers, who may have a new quarterback. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to finish it out. You've got maybe two opportunities, three opportunities to win a game for the rest of the year that feel legitimate. Yeah. I, I worry yeah. for this team. I worry for this team. I hope that Tepper opens those purse strings, finds a couple talents on the free agent wire to boost this team because he's not going to be able to do it through the draft next year. That's a good point. Um, yeah, we're looking at a team. The the, the last winless team in the, in the league now, the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Oof. Um, the Detroit Lions are going to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. We get Bucko Bruce back this week, guys. This is our first game in the uh, Creamsicles Lions at Buccaneers. A 4-1 and one versus a 3-1, and one too. This is an old NFC Central matchup, too. Uh, and that that, uh, that matchup of the jerseys will remind us of such. So I'm so excited for this one. Dan, what do you think? Uh, Lions. Although, I mean, the Lions look like a complete team. This is not to shit on the Buccaneers, who have really outperformed where I thought they would be, but the Lions have looked good. We expected them to be good, and they just keep getting better. I mean, a guy like Laporta uh, doing what he's doing, kind of replacing the production level of Hawkinson, uh, yeah. that's a great pick, yeah. you know? They didn't They <laughs> didn't seem like they took a step back at all. No, man. Lions, I'm, and this is like finally, I think this week I'm like, having to uh come to terms with yeah the lions are not just the darlings of the off season anymore they actually did put this together mm-hmm. it took some time it took this coach few seasons but they're here now and they're finally at the spot where they are a top team and can really um you know can the lions put up a fight against the undefeated eagles and niners perhaps yes so yeah where the buccaneers are looking good here and hell this would be one to steal uh, a home one against the Lions team where if you win this division, seeding is is a big thing and stuff like that. But, yeah, give me the Lions. Give me the Lions as a better team there. And then uh, Sunday Night Football, because uh, some of these get scheduled before the season started. Giants at Bills. Um, battle in New York, I guess. Um, hey. Oh, God. I Poor Giants, just getting fucking thumped. I don't even know if Daniel Jones is going to be back. So this is the Terod Taylor revenge game. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones with his neck injury. Yeah, I, I just can't see the Bills losing this, especially not after that tough one uh, over in England. Oh, they've got to win this. God, I haven't picked opposite to yet, but I ain't doing it in that one. No. Uh, I like Bills as well at home under the lights. Sunday Night Football. Um, I think I'm holding out of my lead through sheer coincidence this week. Yeah, I mean, well, if you look at this, too, uh, since the, we start at 8.30 in the morning, could guys can go to bed a little bit early probably on Sunday Night Football. Jeez. It's true, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about a real good one um, this week that I uh, debated, I danced with it being a game of the week. I'm talking Texans 19, Falcons Ooh, yeah. 21. Dan, you took the Falcons. I was cheering for those Texans to pull it out for me so I could I catch up with you in those picks. And they almost did. They took the lead there late. Um, this was a back-and-forth one. Texans had the lead 9-7 at the half. But the Falcons lined up for Coup to uh, to walk it off for him there at the end. Congrats to the Falcons. C.J. Stroud, man, he does not throw interceptions. Unfortunately, that team also does not run the ball super well. Um 
Yeah. And the, the Falcons Pierce, defend the pass, man. Falcons defend the pass. They are a good pass defense team. If you can run the ball, run it on the Falcons. That was the that was the limitation that the Texans had. You could kind of see it highlighted in this game. Uh, but Atlanta, loaded with talent. You can't tell me if you're a free agent quarterback. I say this every week. Holy shit, do I want to be the Falcons quarterback next year. Just <laughs> loaded. And and when the Texans took that lead late and it was time for Ritter to march him down the field, I didn't expect it. Now, you look at the me stats neither. and he had 329 and a touchdown, so he had a good game. Maybe his best one so far of his young career, but I didn't expect him to do it. And he had, he gets one out to Bijan, catches it, you know, one handed, and then he's hitting pits underneath, and he's doing all this stuff. It's like, yay, this is should be here all day. All this stuff, you got very good players. All this stuff should be here all day. So it worked. They get themselves in field goal range. Um, it just looked easy at the end, and they just lined it up for the, the just they were the last ones with the ball here. If it wind up the other way, where the Texans were the last ones with the ball, Fairbairn probably kicks it through because he had four. Yep. So he was four for four. So yeah, this one could have gone either way. It doesn't really bring me down on the Texans. It doesn't really no. bring me up from the Falcons. Yeah, this right? game, I think that's probably why this wasn't a, t- a game of the week is because it taught me nothing. It taught yeah. me that these are fun, two but that's young, what it was. feisty teams with problems. You know, that yeah. need to get a little older, need a little bit more seasoning. But yeah, there's there's plenty of fight. C.J. Stroud did everything he could at the end of the game. Great throw to Dalton Schultz. You know, leaving less than two minutes on the clock, that's really all you can do, man. That's all you can do. Um, and yeah, if, if you look at that final drive, people talk about Desmond Ritter. Uh, here were the here were the plays: six yard pass, five yard pass, five yard run, six yard pass, four yard pass, twenty three yard pass. This was a big one uh, to Drake London, and then four That's yard right. run, negative one yard run, negative one yard run, field goal. So that was the last two were just kneels. Um, yeah, but yeah, this it was just a dink and dunk. Like Desmond Ritter's gonna eat all day on the dink and dunk because they've got talent on the outside. They've got talent in the backfield. So. Very excited for the future of the Falcons. Not necessarily for Desmond Ritter, but I think he'll be a happy backup next year. I guess so, yeah. It's just weird. I don't know where that was all day, but there it was when I needed it. The Atlanta Falcons stay at home, um, and they got the Commanders coming to town. Washington Commanders at Falcons. What do you think of this one, Dan? I'm actually going to go Commanders. Commanders have uh, rest. Mini-buy? It's a little mini-buy. Mini they, got, they got that rest. Um, I worry for the mental health of Emmanuel Forbes, who was just fucking torched. They've got to figure out a way to, mm. you know, get him off that island because he's not quite ready to play there right now. Even though he was my highest rated above Christian Gonzalez coming out, talent's still there. I think they're fucking with his confidence right now. Um, yeah, yeah, that worries me. So, but I I do think that Washington is going to have their front four is going to give problems to Ritter and Robinson in a way that Houston's was not able to do, and I think their offense is good enough to to score on this Atlanta defense because they can run the ball there in Washington. Yeah. Um, normally. They couldn't yeah, do it against the Bears, I, but they normally can. You're right. I, this, that Thursday game feels like so long ago, and I put in the two-minute offense, but DJ Moore, man, <sighs> did just kill the commanders, and he probably should have had more. I don't know if he stepped out of bounds when they called him out of bounds there, and when they did, he's like, jumping out of his socks he wanted to get another touchdown so bad i don't know i don't know what the guy was on when you come in on a winless team and have that much just get up and go i mean it was yeah. mm, i don't know i checked they gave him the femur urine. of dick butkus and he chewed on it 
filled yeah, with the something filled with the spirit of rage. Um, but I'm gonna go opposite you. Finally, I'm gonna go Falcons at home. Right. I think that's the. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess here that that is the that's the trick. The home cooking is the Atlanta Falcons. They play good on at home, and they're gonna f- figure things out here. Commanders. I do think they're a good team. I think they were caught off guard there in that Bears team. Maybe they just expected home game on the lights against the bad Bears team for them to just take it. But um, Falcons defense looks good. Falcons don't look like they're giving anything too easy here so far either. So I'm going to take Falcons. I pick Falcons. Um, Saints-Texans. Here's another interesting one. Saints coming off that big win, and Texans... You know, we think they're looking good, but they lost here on the road, but now they're back at home. What do you think, Dan? I'm going to take the Texans here. Um, The Texans have been feisty. They have been spunky. Um, The Saints, I can't really get my – like, they know they beat the Patriots 34 to nothing, but I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. I don't trust these Saints. Uh, Kamara is back. That, you know, as I'm saying, Kamara being back kind of changes my mind a little bit, but I'm going to pick these Texans. I'm going to pick the Texans at home. Uh, is this Kamara's first game back? I think he's been. Oh back, no, he right? he was back against the Patriots. Just came back against the Patriots, yep. but yeah, obviously that helped. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I the Patriots thing is still kind of a surprise to me, but I'm not sold on the Saints either. And I had the Texans picked in this too, so I'm with you on this All as right. well. Texans going back home. I like them. I like them in this one. I like the Texans as well. Are we only going to pick one game opposite this week? Perhaps. There, like I said, there's a few of them that are pretty one sided. So maybe. True. Um, all right. Well, Chiefs 20, Vikings 27. Here we are at this one. Um, later in the afternoon for me to watch this one. So I got my eyes fully on it and, uh, didn't expect myself to get upset about it, but yeah, found myself upset about it at times. Sure did. Um, Mahomes and Cousins, both two touchdowns. Uh, you know, the line looked pretty even there. 13 all at the half. That's pretty even. I mean, if you look at like, in total yards, offensive yards, rush, rush yards, excuse me, down the line here for these teams, a pretty even game, a pretty straight-up even game. So when you fumble the ball on your very first play, you know, I felt exactly what Jefferson did. He just turned around, threw his arms up in the air like, you're kidding me. And everybody just, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Uh, so still have not seen a game where they can just do it without dropping just dropping the ball and it's just uh looking for extra yards by by oliver but he's not a big part of the offense so it was one of his best plays and then does that so whatever um but i want to flash ahead to the chiefs taking their two touchdown lead in the third quarter i was uh in the doldrums there and thought it was fully over didn't expect nothing of the vikings at that point and they still bring it within uh, a score because that's what they do. Because mm-hmm. they do. You could just say that. Right? Vikings bring it within a score because they do. Uh, doesn't matter if you're the Super Bowl champs or not. Um, then they lose JJ to the hamstring. We already know that's IR for him. Um, yeah, I'm fully, right. yeah, and I'm fully invested for it to be in more than four weeks. Um, the way he plays, you don't let him come back in until it just looks feels perfectly fine uh especially if, if you we don't were, put a couple more wins together to make this a season you know yeah yeah no point where you're sitting right now um but i mean th- so in this one too um before i get into the ending i want to say that there was tons of uh baltimore ravens issues 
drops, tons of drops here on this one. Uh, two drops I saw at least by um, uh, Madison, one that should have been touch- probably a touchdown on a screen late. Not having game. a great year, him. Yeah, Hawkinson, another couple of drops. Uh, the guy catches a lot of passes where there's people on his back. I get that. But when he dropped the one that was probably a Chargers win, you know, a couple of weeks back, and then you have mm-hmm. these happen too in this one, starting, you know, after the big contract, starting to bother me. Starting to bother me in Hawkinson. When I see in Laporta scoring two touchdowns, <laughs> starting to bother me. Starting to bother Iowa me. Iowa tight ends, they're all pretty good. They're not bad. Yeah, and they, and they just immediately replaced him with a guy. It's a whole lot cheaper, a whole lot younger. Mm-hmm. Starting to bother me, Hawkinson. Um, uh, O'Connell tore through uh, timeouts in the second half. Tore through the timeouts. That was a problem, too. Um, there was one where he challenged a play that was obviously uh, um, Kelsey was down. Something the radio said that I think got lost in the TV thing, uh, broadcast is the the vikings were so excited that they maybe had a fumble recovery in that play that the defense was not ready for the next play the chiefs ran up there the vikings had too many men on the field so you either took a penalty or you challenged the maybe fumble so might as well challenge it yeah you might as well challenge it but it did cost you a timeout and then your final timeout was a play that the chiefs were going to line up and not even run a fourth down the Vikings were like, ah, oh, shoot, we're going to call a timeout. And I was like, they weren't even going to run that, you guys. And I could tell it too, and it was a waste, and that stuff cost them time in the end. <sighs> now at the very final end, I just want to talk about the fourth down uh, th- throw up uh, into the end zone. Immediately the flag is thrown for pass interference. They discuss it. They pick it up. Sneed takes his helmet off. He's told to put it back on. Uh, does that too no flag for that and uh while we watch these highlights i'm seeing um my our fullback cj ham getting his face just shoved backwards his whole head uh pushed backwards with a, a chiefs player's hand to his face now all right let me attack one <laughs> he's at a time uh hands to the face yeah you're gonna miss that from time to time yep. okay so be it uh the helmet off and not calling it <sighs> Coach dead ball foul. Dead, dead ball, ball foul. Chiefs would have had the ball anyways. Yeah. 15 yards back. Maybe that changes the end of that game and the uh, Hail Mary that was never a Hail Mary and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, whatever. But we saw it called when TJ Watt did it uh, earlier in the same day. It's a flag. You call it. The rest knew to call it. Yeah. They told the guy you had to call it, and you still didn't. So that's bullshit on its own does it change the outcome probably not but it's bullshit and then the pass interference though i mean that flag was thrown immediately it wasn't like the jets game where sauce gardner's talking about you know he waited until that was interception it was thrown immediately and then when they had the conversation it just baffles me that you decided in a game in minnesota where it would have only allowed them to line up to maybe still have the opportunity to tie it was to tie still it, about, not to win. Yeah, not to win it, still to tie it. Maybe you go for two. The Chiefs, I probably would have tried to. I would have argued go for two there. Um, there was still the four minutes left in this game, too, uh, at that point, like over three minutes. Uh, that, you, that they picked it up. I know it was like tossed up in the air, but if you look at it, Addison had a chance to go get it, and they oh, was sure. totally face guarded with the ball in the air. 
If that's not pass interference. So anyways, I spent too much on this, but that was just so, so, so aggravating and to a game like that. Yeah. I will say this. I picked the Vikings in this game. The Chiefs are not invulnerable on defense. Your team looked pretty good on defense with the exce- or on offense with the exception of the drops, which obviously can't put that on Kirk. Kirk had a good game. No. You know? Yeah. I thought he had a good Another game, Kirk. Kirk did pretty well this year. all year long. Um, but the, it was the stats, but also the play. You know, the play was pretty solid. He wasn't making huge fucking mistakes. Um, Kansas City's going to score 20-plus points a game. They're just, they're offensively good enough. Not too much you can do. Your defense did a fine job, I thought. Um, y'all could have had this game. That's what bothers me yeah. the most, is y'all could have fucking had it. Um, even with Jefferson out, I think it made everything more difficult, but... You've got the talent to win a couple of these games here, man. I one and four doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't feel I right. Know. This is like a three and two team that somehow went one and four. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't put all hope away. You know, I, you know, you take you take the one with the other because I and mean, when we were sitting in the other side of it and it was four and one last year, you're like, it doesn't feel like a four and one yeah, team. Th- it's also, it's yeah. the yin and yang from 2022. Get a little whiplash. It is what it is. <laughs> Not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, we gave up a th- you know a third and eighteen conversion in this game too. Can't do that. Yeah, that's tough. Chiefs erased a lot of their negative plays. I mean, there was tons of penalties on the Chiefs early in this one. Just immediately, boom, 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 boom. Most of them the Chiefs were doing. Most of them yep. were were cheat. You know, cheating. Uh, good God, uh, Kelsey dived at Neil Hunter's knees at yeah, one point, not and good. it felt like it, they threw the flag, and you're like. What the even the hell was that? Like Cheap. that's not legal in anything. So whatever. Um, I did. I got a. I got a text from Garrett after this game. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if if I got a text from him when my son was born, but I got a. I got a text from him after this game. <laughs> um, about the field. Uh, what do you think about that? We haven't spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, we're not a grass versus turf podcast here or anything. Oh, I absolutely but... am pro grass. Okay, I was gonna. Well, fucking I am too in bullshit. a way. But I'm saying in this, um, yeah, this. I mean, Jefferson's injury could maybe. I mean, it's hamstring, but there was like sure. he's got slipped on his whatever turf. Kelsey fell down on that stuff too. But that's what his only comment to me was about was the the grass versus turf thing in the Viking Stadium. I mean, is there no safe turf we can play on? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, every turf has its. Uh, like you're seeing this weird like knit turf, you know, it's like the stuff mm-hmm. they had in uh, in Tottenham, uh, in England, right, which, which <laughs> they have shitty. a grass field, and yeah. they won't let them play on it. No, they're like they're like you realize that English football is uh, better and uh, is more important to us, so fuck you, uh, <laughs> get your big monkeys off our field. You guys oh. play on you guys play on concrete covered with blankets. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, so there's the woven turf isn't as good, in my mind, as the composite rubber is for players. Um, but at the same time, if you can play on a grass field, it's just better. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. Um, the Vikings do get to play on a grass field this week. Look at how these segues just fit. Look at this. Like Vikings doing and it. Bears happen this week. Um, these are my least favorites of all season. Yeah, you <laughs> always, you know, they, they're they're always tough games. These divisional ones, you know, and they're going on the road here. Vikings and Bears noon on Sunday. 
But Dan, you got to pick first. What are you thinking? Oh, do you want to pick this one first? Can no, I guess you have where to. you're picking? <laughs> I'm, you have to. You have I'm to. gonna pick the Vikings on the road because, like I said, I don't feel like you're a one and four team. I don't necessarily feel the Bears from the last you know two weeks are a one and four team either. Um, but they're closer to it than you are. So I think even with Jefferson out, you've got enough running backs, you've got enough targets. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, isn't that? A- so annoying that we're both one in four teams now, the Vikings and Bears. Um, you know, there's been seasons I take the Bears where the Vikings looked so much better than this in a Chicago game. But, um, I yeah, the way that it, it looks with these teams and stuff. And, yeah, the Vi- the Bears are coming in this mini buy and stuff like that, but I still like the Vikings. Um, I feel like they're figuring out more plays for Akers since he's came on. Uh, Jordan Addison played a lot of the end of that game due to Jefferson's injury, and he was not dropping passes. <laughs> so might be good to have him in there. I mean, Jefferson even dropped one in that game. Yeah, it he really did across the middle. Just ugh. So I'll take the Vikings, too, in this hope that uh, they can make me feel better with the Bears. And the Bears, you know, they just they want the draft picks next year anyways, right? Um. Here's a game that I almost had in the two minute offense, but I went back and watched it and damn it was it was it was tighter and, and more fun than I thought it was. Jets thirty one, Broncos yeah. twenty one. We both picked the Jets to win and got it. Uh, because the Broncos have been an embarrassment, but the Broncos almost pulled this one out or at least almost pushed it to overtime. Um Broncos were snow capped here they got that what those white helmets the new ones i didn't think i'd like them as much as i did when they got it out there i liked them they had that big d on the field the classic one from the the throwbacks i liked all that but anyways uh it was the uh bryce hall and Brees hall you mm-hmm. know both of the guys uh showing this one first of all uh Brees hall 194 total yards of scrimmage and a touchdown uh Zerline kicked five field goals Russell Wilson had two touchdowns. They're getting going. Um, the Jets run a play right before the half. I'm going to jump to right before the half. With 15 seconds in the half, get tackled in bounds. And and I watched it over again a couple times and kept my eye on the clock. They got tackled and they had 10 seconds left. For whatever reason, they couldn't get themselves from the ground lined up. And it only got like five yards or whatever. Yeah. To spike it with 10 seconds. Like they were so slow with it that the clock hits zero and they got no <laughs> points and went an 8 13 Broncos lead at the half when it could have been eight, at least 11 to 13. Should have been 11 to 13. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, you were in a position where you absolutely should be able to kick a field goal there, um, leaving points on the board. It wound up not biting them in the ass because. At the end of the game, uh, Russell Wilson went full Keystone fucking cops uh, <laughs> on that Quinn and Williams sack that got returned yeah. for a touchdown. Well, um, I mean, the Bryce Hall tore it up that 72 yards in the uh, third quarter, which gave them the lead. Brees, the Brees Hall. Held- <laughs> yeah, you're right, Brees Hall, because Bryce Hall's the one who got the touchdown. Brees Hall. So um, that's what B. gave the Hall Jets the lead. was tearing shit up today. We can just uh, That's universally true. B-Hall, one place or another. It was like Josh Allen in London, uh, guys, <laughs> this weekend. Um, but on the same side. Yeah. yeah, but this one on the same side. Um, Zerline kicked all of those. It had three field goals all in uh, the, the second half. Gave the Jets uh, the lead 24-13 to 13 with over seven minutes left. So it felt like it was about over then, but it would bring it to within three minutes 
and Sertan with that amazing interception basically with his legs in the red zone. Uh, It wasn't a bad pass. It was just great coverage. He just took it from Wilson, Um, the other Wilson. And this was the battle of Wilsons. Oh, my God, so many same names in this game. (laughs) It's hard to keep track of. All Wilson action all the time. You're right. It leads to um, the Broncos having a chance to tie it, and then, yeah, uh, the Russell Wilson fumble where he just chucks it up there. And it sure felt like everybody thought it was just going to roll out of bounds, except for Bryce Hall, who scooped and scored with 29 seconds left. Dude, it, <sighs> when that happened, you could see the Denver sideline just go, no, fuck. Yes. <laughs> and they knew it was over at that point. Like, you know Russell Wilson's not going to fucking come down here and get 10 points back for you right at the end. Like, It was such a swing, such a swing within like two minutes of gameplay where you're like, oh my God, oh my God, the Jets are going to, like, Zach Wilson, who did not have a bad game, that interception, that wasn't even a bad throw, is going to cost him the game. Oh man, you feel for him. And then, of course, just, oh God, they're so fucking bad. The Denver Broncos are so fucking bad, dude. And I don't know if they could get better. I really don't. Like, where's the talent on the depth chart? That's like waiting to emerge. It's bad. Russell Wilson's yeah. cooked. He's toast. Yeah, there's a really the Broncos defense now just seems like it's gotten worse this year, yeah. and, and that's not good. And then yeah, Russell Wilson's best plays were with his legs, and that's not going to last. And not sustainable. So the fumble though is still yeah ridiculous because I saw so many people just kind of just give. I mean, I get it. It was the end of a long game, and so they were probably gassed, but. <laughs> They just thought it was just gonna just roll itself out of bounds and yeah, let that go. shot at it, and he's like, "Nope, gone," and that was the game winner. Um, the Jets did lose Vera Tucker to this torn ACL. He's done for the year. Uh, that's a guard that they'll miss, but oh, um, yeah. their defense is. I mean, I think what's gonna keep the Jets in this game in the in this season right now is is how well their defense has been playing. And that's what you expect. I mean, the Jets were always supposed to be a defensively built team that when Aaron Rodgers comes in, takes them to the next level. Right. They're not there. That Aaron Rodgers is not coming back this year. But if Zach Wilson can just be better than he was last year, it gives them a chance to make the playoffs, make trouble, and a good defense will travel. A good defense in a run game can be real trouble in the playoffs. So the Jets aren't out of this by any stretch of the imagination. They might wind up being a wild card team that nobody wants to play. Yeah. However, the Denver Broncos, uh, all things must go. Uh, apparently, the the discussion is that they're just on seller mode now. What's the point? Let's get a, let's get rid of it all. I think they need to recruit some first round draft picks after they. I've done away with all of them for this uh, failed experiment, and maybe the way of making this work is make some some fresh moves for uh, um, what's their new you know Peyton uh, because you know he's got that big contract he's gonna stick around Russell Wilson all that stuff so uh, Jerry Judy you know Sutton all these guys uh, 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 Williams Cortland the Sutton, uh, running back yeah. Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Yeah, these guys can get can get moved here before the trade deadline, I think. Do you know do you know what the dead cap is for Russell Wilson next year at the age of thirty six? I know it's ridiculous. I know we've had this conversation because it's ridiculous. Eighty five million dollar dead cap. 
an $85 million dead cap, and he's washed. He's yeah. washed. you got to hold him for at least two more years. There's a dead cap when he turns 38 that is manageable at $31 million. Ugh. Holy shit. Holy shit. If he plays until his age 30, so you basically have to hold on to this motherfucker for four more years so that you don't completely destroy your salary cap while also destroying your team. It's a, it's hey, just an absolute double-edged sword. Look, they got a little get-right game on a short week against the Super Bowl champs, Kansas Ugh. City Chiefs. Broncos at Chiefs, Thursday night football this week. What do you like, Dan? Uh, I feel pretty good about the Chiefs. <laughs> I feel pretty good about the Chiefs. Although yeah. it is a divisional game, and these tend to get weird. Uh, I just, Sean Payton doesn't have that same divisional ferocity Um that you know, maybe another year in the system he might have it, but yeah, I think this is definitely a, a Chiefs win. I think this just happens when we have two weeks back to back where we have like six, seven games we pick different of each other yeah. because I am with the Chiefs too. Oh, We're yeah. picking the same this week. I, I'm I'm with you. Yep. Yeah, you're not okay. throwing that game away. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> why? Why? Why do that? Um. Okay. Another at game home that... Chiefs at home on a short week. What are we doing? I'm moving on, Dan. I'm moving on. Um, that's all you need. We need to talk about for that Thursday sure. game. It's it's a future two minute probably. Um, okay, this is a game that uh, I, I I tried to find a spot for it earlier in this episode. You guys, I really did, and I'm sorry, Todd, because I th- I think it was an important one. Eagles twenty three, Rams fourteen. This is one I picked. Dan was going mm-hmm. Rams on this one, so helped me out. Um, Hurts th- over three hundred yards, touchdown. Ran one in with the uh, tush push. Swift. The brotherly shove, which is actually a good – that's a good one. I like that. I love that. both the, of them. I love both yeah. of them. Um, the brotherly shove, I feel like, is, yeah, the NFL's hope. Tush push is just one – it gives me a smile on my face. I feel like every team runs a tush push. Only the Eagles can run the brotherly shove, and that's what mm. makes it interesting. Perhaps that's true. And and since we're talking about it, what do we do about this? Does, does it need to be uh, outlawed? No, you stop it. You remember when the Wildcat was like, holy shit, Miami's running the Wildcat. What do we do? And then it was like, well, you just uh, hit them hard and, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, you just play your fucking corners close. What are you, what are you talking about? You yes. just play run support. You put fucking eight men in the box. I don't know what we're talking about. There, I mean, there's some points in this, yeah, this uh, brotherly shove where he's getting two, three yards without issue and... If like I said, once he starts getting four yards, that's uh, their whole offense. Then, <laughs> yeah, somebody's bad. gonna. It's just always just pushing it. Somebody's yeah. gonna figure out a timing mechanism to the game and Palomalu, uh, the shit out of Jalen hurts, and then it, they're like, him, yeah. oh yeah, we're done with this. But somebody's just gonna like you know belly to back suplex the motherfucker, and then no more brotherly shove. So, but you got to stop it. You got to scheme for it and stop it. That's the only way to stop it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so Eagles got all the, the, the hits going here with Swift. A.J. Brown, whew, A.J. Brown had a game here where you know, he just catches the ball and just, I'm not going to go down, I'm going to get 50 more yards. <laughs> Goddard, over 100 yards, two. Elliott, three field goals. They had everybody going. Um, the Rams tried to keep up. They got um, Cooper Cup back, and Cooper Cup got right back where he, he usually is, over 100 yards receiving. Yep. Um, maybe maybe Puka Nakua needs to get get going. <laughs> Where where's this guy now? No, he was fine. Um, uh, but it wasn't enough. yards in a TD. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, he he was good enough, but it, you know, just unfortunately, not enough here for this one. This Eagles, uh, 
score that touchdown with no time in, left in the half. That was huge, but they were lined up at that spot to do it because of the penalty. So it was 17-14 Eagles at the half. They had just two field goals, which is all they needed in the second half for this one. So, yeah, Rams' offense did kind of disappear in that second half, and the Eagles win it. We talk about it a lot. First half is scheme. Second half is talent. Uh, McVay had great scheme for the Eagles. This is like the way you kind of want to play this Eagles team was in that first half. And then they just got tired. They just couldn't take the pounding. They couldn't take what the Eagles were dishing at them. The Eagles love to fucking run. Jalen Hurts had 15 carries. This was like an MVP quality performance from Jalen Hurts. Like This is what he was doing last year that made them so hard to deal with. And then also having DeAndre Swift in that mix is fucking amazing. So, yeah, I'd be very worried for the rest of the league. I cannot wait to see Eagles 49ers. Just can't wait. Yeah, um, it's going to be a true clash up, of titans. Right? Oh yeah, it's almost it's uh, two weeks away. December third. Is it December? Oh, it's further away than I thought. Yeah, it's not until December third. Um, in Philly, too. Ooh. Yeah, the Niners got to do that again. I just hope everyone stays healthy for that one. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but this week we got a battle of the greens: Eagles at Jets. It's a late afternoon start. It's a three twenty-five in New York. So. Gosh, uh, 325 start in the middle of October. Um, the lights will be on for most of this one. What do you like, Dan? Sure would like to pick the Jets, but I can't <laughs> because I am also holding on to a lead, and I just yeah, think yeah, the fucking year. Eagles are really good this year, and uh, the Jets are mediocre, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. The Eagles have been in tough situations against some uh, good defensive teams this year, like uh, – commanders and stuff like that but even those they they put on the points so unfortunately i don't think the jets can keep up with them offensively that's the problem so i like the eagles as well on the road <laughs> with you again all right let's talk about the Bengals bounce back game in the desert 34 to 20 uh we both picked it so the Bengals are i don't know if they're they're fully back but this one looked good against cardinals team that uh, you know, it's doing what they can. Burrow over 300 yards, three touchdowns at the interception, but it was Jamar Chase. Um, he's always open. <laughs> this one, he had 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. That's just nuts. Um, Cardinals did stop the Bengals one point on downs at the goal line. Then immediate throw, pick six. That's kind of yeah. how this game went. Every time they got a positive momentum, the the Bengals took it away. So. Uh, I don't know if the Bengals are fully back, but this one had to feel good for their fandom. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, you would have loved a good game from T. Higgins. You would have loved something like that, but uh, right. you're not going to get it. But Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, when they are hitting, when they are in sync, are the most dangerous duo in the NFL. I don't think there is a better quarterback wide receiver combo than these two. They're college roommates. They're complimentary yeah. of each other's skills when they're fucking going this is a fun ass Bengals team um and yeah i gotta give a lot of credit to arizona who is a one in four team talent wise is an nfl is a one in four team effort wise three and two team really really out there doing their best uh, but yeah. they're just not as talented as any of the teams they're facing yeah this one even being a road game 
if you looked at it on paper, you go, yeah, okay, that's what I expect, 3420, that sounds fine, yeah, yeah this is per- perfectly normal. So maybe it was should have been a two-minute no-offense game, but I think I wanted to spend the time to talk about if these Bengals are, have their thing turned around or not because the Seahawks are coming to Cincy off a bye. This is a, quite an interesting game. I'm glad I'm not picking it first, Dan. Seattle Seahawks at Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts? So... I I like what the Seahawks are doing. I like them with an extra week of rest. I have not been as high on the Bengals. Um, I also think the Seahawks have much better pass coverage, and if T. Higgins is not healthy for this game, it allows... Um, I know Chase always thinks he's open, but you might not be when you're triple covered. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks after a bye week to win this one in Cincinnati. I will not be shocked if I'm wrong, uh, but that's a lot of time for Pete Carroll to get ready. It's a lot of rest for that team that doesn't have a lot of injured starters. Bengals have more injuries. Bengals are not as uh, steady, so I'm going to take the Seahawks. It's uh, this one's yeah, this one's very tough. Do the Bengals are they back or do they just beat a Cardinals team that is you know doing as best they can? You know, and that's what this game is going to really tell us. I think this Bengals team started very slow last year, and then when they figured it out, they turned it on, and they turned it on for good. And I think what I saw, I'm hoping that's what it is. So I'm picking opposite and taking the Bengals at home. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I have the Seahawks very high as a team this year. I think they might be a top you – know, they're a top 10 team for sure right now. They may be sure, even yeah, a top five. I don't know. They beat the Lions. They, we got to remember that. They've beaten the Lions. So, yeah, can they do it on the road here in Cincy? Maybe. One other reason why I like Cincy, it's an early start. It's Seattle going across go. country for a noon start in Cincy. So, there you go. There's a different one we have opposite each other, you guys. One more game to talk about from last week. Packers, Raiders. This was Monday night. Again, it was a good one, but this is where we're at. Uh, 13 to 17. Dan picked it over me. He took those Raiders. I thought it was a safe pick picking those Packers, but they, they didn't look good when Love throws three interceptions. Um, didn't also realize it was going to be a battle of the Carlson kids. Yeah. Uh, kickers. I, I didn't realize there was another Carlson kid and that the Packers had him on their team. I guess... Uh, is Crosby hurt, or is he gone? Uh, I thought Crosby's gone. Okay, maybe Crosby's gone. I didn't keep up with the Packers this year. but um, Daniel Carlson, the older Carlson, had a bad game, one for yeah, three field goals. Don't worry. But, he was on my fantasy team, everybody. Don't worry about that. Uh, but you know what? It didn't turn out to hurt the, uh, the Raiders, who uh, had the 10-3 lead at the half, erased in the third quarter, Packers with the lead by a field goal. Um, only a field goal because of a horse collar tackle uh, saved that touchdown, and they oh, yeah. didn't let him in. So sometimes it pays to to be cheap, uh, Raiders. And then Raiders had that seventeen to thirteen lead in the start of the fourth quarter, and just did not let Love and those Packers take it back. Uh, this Raiders defense, Max Crosby is fucking great. Like I know there's a ton of edge rushers in the NFL, but Max Crosby is a traditional 4-3 defensive end that can stop the run and rush the passer. He's a lot of fun to watch, and he was a fucking demon in this game. Jordan Love never really able to get comfortable with Crosby out there breathing down his neck. I I thought the Raiders actually had a really good game plan for maybe the first time in Josh McDaniel's fucking life as a head coach. The game plan seemed good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would have loved to have seen uh, a few more big runs by Josh Jacobs, but, uh, you know, he got 20 carries. He got 20 carries, Jimmy G threw the ball 30 times. That seems like a pretty good way to win as a Raiders offense. You only got 17 points out of it, but with those Carlton uh, misses, um, you could add six more points. This could have very easily been 23-13, to 13, and we're feeling very differently about the Sokin Raiders offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, you're right. The, the Raiders is 17 points. I still think you're, you're looking at this going, yeah, there's some problems here. There's some real issues. Oh, sure. You're, you're getting Jacoby Myers going, and that's a nice uh, compliment to um, Adams, and that gets him more uh looks because oh shoot we actually have to worry about Myers and Myers is a good player um but where this speaks more volumes is a Packers team in prime time that can't win against a probably still subpar Raiders team yeah you're on the road and the Raiders are a good team but I think Packers still have to have a lot I assume the Packers have a fandom being as good as they've been for as long as they are, even though they're from a small market. Sure. The, where they can fill a Raiders, uh, um, you know, stadium that every team can seem to fill with their opposing yeah. team. I mean, the Raiders home games are a place for you to go see your team on the road. So I yeah, thought, absolutely. yeah, I thought that's the, the Raiders home game primetime that that gets evened out. The Packers take care of this. I think love throwing those turnovers. I mean, there's still no Adam Jones, but I don't know if Adam Jones, Aaron Jones, but I don't think that fix. I don't think he fixes it all coming back. I don't think he fixes it, but he makes it better. Yeah, um, he'll make it better. But yeah, the, this Green Bay team this year, I don't think if you're a Packers fan, you look at this Green Bay team going, "Oh, we can, we should be winning the North this year." You look at the Lions; they're better than you, right? It doesn't mean that the Packers aren't going to be like you know nine and seven. Yeah. Uh, sorry, or ten and seven, or uh, nine and eight. That's that's a possibility for these Green Bay Packers. It they also could be a seven and ten team, and yeah. that wouldn't really shock me either. Um, they don't look bad, but you can't expect a guy like Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers and immediately be Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's the thing that's irrational about this is this is only Jordan Love's fifth game, really. Sure, like fifth game as a starter didn't look good, but a lot of those no. interceptions at the end were just him trying to make a play. So okay. I I can kind of forgive it. You know, the fact that yeah, the fact that he's got two interceptions in the fourth quarter just trying to push the ball down the field. Um I get it. I didn't think there were great reads, but I get it. All right. Uh Packers have a bye week to get healthy uh week 6. So there's only two teams with the bye week this week. The Steelers we talked about this top, Packers talking about here at the end. And the and we got a uh, Belichick uh disciple game. Patriots at Raiders uh, for this week. This is our last one to choose for the week, Dan. As somehow we put this one nice and long for everybody. Um, yeah. What do you think? Patriots at Raiders. I got to take the Raiders. I don't believe in the Patriots at all, man. I don't believe in them at mm-hmm. all. Um, yeah, I just can't see it. And I, I don't see Belichick pulling out any stops against uh, Josh McDaniels. You know, Josh McDaniels was a really good offensive coordinator for them for a while. The only thing I can think is that Bill O'Brien's like, no, fuck you. I was a better OC. Suck my dick. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't it usually we see the it's the opposing coaches when, when they come back to Belichick, they just can't figure it out, or Belichick yeah. knows everything. So I really want to pick the Patriots for that reason, but I've been burned by them here uh, this, that last week so badly that I can't. I can't. So I'm Stuff. lucky on the Raiders on this one. I have the Raiders picked for that one, but 
I could see them. Wouldn't shock me. Them, but Wouldn't shock me either way. Patriots just look really bad. They look really bad. <laughs> all right. There you go. We did all the picks. Last Oof. week, I was down by two to you, 41 to 39. This week, we ended uh, with six games opposite and split them. What do you hey. know? Yeah. Um, holding tight. Holding strong. So, Dan, 49, me still two down at 47. Right Just there. Gotta, yeah. Hold on. So and there's two games different here. So uh, this week, so we could see. Can I? You could tie. Up? You could tie. Could tie. Could be a possibility. All right, time for quiz, Dan. Yep. That's as we wrapping up this show. Uh, due to your matchup of uh, Niners and Cowboys, I decided we're going to do all QBs that Ooh. have thrown multiple Tia, TDs to Tio. Talking about Terrell Owens this okay. week, you guys. Terrell Owens, who was a Dallas Cowboy and a San Francisco 49er, as far as a couple other teams, hint, hint. Um, there is a handful. Uh, I, have, I have every quarterback or every touchdown that has been caught by Terrell Owens and who's thrown it to him, but I took out the guys who threw just one. Okay. And so if you say them, I'll tell you, yeah they, yeah, they were in here, but I'm only asking the guys who have thrown multiple. All right. You're ready. Okay. Get started, Dan. Go yep. ahead. Give me Tony Romo, obviously. Tony Romo, yep, your boy Tony Romo's there, but he's second place with 34 touchdowns. I'm going to say Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia's number one. Yeah, Jeff Garcia, number one. He threw 50 to T.O. So there you go. Uh, Jeff Garcia's one with the Niners. Romo, second with the Cowboys. Give me, give me Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb is fourth with the okay. Eagles and 20. He's the only Eagle quarterback on this list, of course. I'm going to go with Steve Young. Steve Young was third, so now you have your top four. Steve Young, 24 passing touchdowns to T.O. Uh, i got to think. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton. Uh, no, Andy Dalton is not Oh, on was list. that not during the Dalton era? Was it Carson Palmer? Oh, it was Carson Palmer. Now I yes. know where you're going, the Cincinnati. Yep, yeah. Carson Palmer is fifth place, nine touchdown passes, and he's the only bangle on that list. Uh, let's see. Who else, who else, who else? Um... I don't think it would have been I'm trying to think of another Cowboys quarterback that would have th- what is is it Kyle Orton? No, it's not Kyle Orton, but you're right. There's one more Cowboys quarterback on this list who threw him three touchdown passes. Three T D passes. After that, we have a we have two 49ers who will be hard to guess because one threw him three, one threw him two. And then we have one Buffalo Bill. Really now? Four, yeah. Really now? Um, Remembers time I'm, in Buffalo. For my Cowboys, my Cowboys, I'm trying to think of backup quarterbacks during the... Is it John eh. Kitna? No, it's not John Kitna. In fact, the guy, I don't know if he was even a backup at this time. I think uh, he might have been considered your starter. He's, he had a long career, long career. Drew Bledsoe? Mm-hmm. Drew Bledsoe threw him three touchdowns, tied for seventh place. Oh, was, was that guy from San really? Francisco? Yep. God damn, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize. I thought To came in the last the last week, or the the year after. Real so That's weird. Um, God, who else? Who, give me the 49ers. I, I'm not as familiar with their canon of All bullshit right. cannons. Tied with Drew Bledsoe with three touchdowns. Tim Rattay. Ah, oh, I should have guessed. I should have guessed Tim Rattay. And with two touchdowns, uh, he was also a Philadelphia Eagle. Ty Detmer. 
Ah, the Detmer. Um, do you know sixth place, the Buffalo Bill? This, uh, quor- not this quarterback played in many, many other places. God, it's not J.P. Lossman, is it? No, this quarterback played in many other places. Oh, is it Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick threw really? four Fitz touchdown Magic. passes. There you go. That's the list. Those are all the QBs that threw multiple touchdowns to T.O. The others that threw just one, because I got the other four, Trent Edwards with Buffalo, mm. Brooks Bollinger with your Cowboys <laughs> threw him one, Jeff Brom, a 49ers QB, threw him one, and then running back Terry Kirby threw him one <laughs> oh, for the Niners. God. It was just a fun list I found. Okay, that was Quiz Dan, you guys. That is our show for this week. Even when our teams, you know, poop the bed, we'll say. Do we have fun on this show? And we go nice and super long for you guys, so I hope you enjoyed it. As I, uh, you know, you pulled out all the stops. For, uh, yeah, pulled out all the stops. Three, two. Pulled out all the stops <laughs> for you guys on another amazing episode of your favorite episode, your favorite podcast, Push Off Podcast. All right. It's because a long I, one. We're stuttering here. Yeah, because I can't talk anymore. Let's wrap it up with some crazy stats. Dan. All right. The, uh, the Raiders beat the Green Bay Packers for the first time since 1987. I saw that. Amazing. What an amazing <laughs> I stat. I have some fun stats here this week. All right. Through five weeks, the Denver Broncos have now lost to former head coach Josh McDaniels, former defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, former head coach Vic Fangio, former ball boy Mike McDaniel, and former head coach Nathaniel Hackett. They're bad. They're really bad. This is an embarrassing run to the Denver Broncos. Embarrassing, embarrassing run. I feel bad. Um, Since 2000, since 2000, the Patriots have now lost more home games without Brady, 25, than they did when they had Brady, oh 24. That's yeah. fucking brutal. There's your Belichick hurtful stat. Um, and then um, the the fastest, the seven fastest players on the field this year are all Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all between Hill and... A-Chan and Mostert right now, the top seven fastest. We got the second and then the first fastest this week. Uh, 22 miles per hour, Tyreek Hill, congrats. Which is faster than your treadmill is set for. God, no, yeah, no way I could. And then finally, the last uh, crazy stat I have for this week, DeAndre Hopkins has now 11 100-yard or more games with 11 different QBs in his 11 seasons in the league. Yeah, he's real slutty with bad quarterbacks. The uh, only other wide receivers who have had more than that um, in that scenario is 12 games, and that is uh, Deshaun Jackson and Joey Galloway. Wow, yeah. Deshaun Jackson doesn't surprise me. The Galloway one does. Yeah. yeah. He was on a bad Cowboys team there for a while. Yeah. All right. There you go. Those are all the crazy stats. I felt like I got a handful of real good ones this week. And those are uh, nice. the stuff we have for the Push Off Podcast, you guys, this week. There's only one more thing to do before we, we end this all, and that is Dan's parting words of wisdom. So you've had a bad loss. Real bad. Like, teeth kicked in, you know, blood in your stool, sort of bad. You're only five weeks into the season, and a lot of shit happens. Sometimes a young, spunky quarterback strains his UCL and needs Tommy John surgery. 
You never know what could happen. Don't get despondent because you lost. Don't get despondent because you're 1-4 or 0-5. Shit, man, you can turn this thing around still. You can get your emotions back up. The game of football is a game of attrition. You just got to stay healthy, stay awake, and keep reaping your opportunities. So, you know, fight your depression with illogical rah-rah shit. That's the way I'm working through the season. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Go team go. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Push Off Podcast. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you right here next week, so no no long faces, okay? Goodbye. Goodbye.